The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Join us around the pit as we talk all things barbecue. Now here is your host, Johnny Mags. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in Salem, New Hampshire. Welcome to another episode of the Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. Chrissy, what's up? What's going on, Johnny Mags? Nothing. I'm excited. This is going to be a huge show. I There's know. Daddy Dutch. All right. I was one minute late, Dutch. Sue me. His clock is fast. Don't even. Yeah, you know. Let's not blame us. He lives for this type of stuff. About time. There you go, brother. You're lucky I love you. <laughs> but Dutch, you like my T-shirt? Chrissy, you like that my T-shirt? That is a great... I already commented on this that. Is, this is Team Uncle Steve Shake. I know. It's an awesome shirt. This is right outside the gates for, uh, when we were down in Houston. Fantastic. So Dutch went on vacation and said, hey, boys, this package is coming. And he didn't say what it is. He goes, you know, make sure you wash it before you use it. And So he completely yeah. threw us all off. So we opened it up, and this was the picture. I, I go, like it. damn it, he threw me off because this was going to be my Christmas present. To the oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I go, you bastard. Um, before we do Make anything, sure. yeah. I'd just like to thank Jimmy Mack and Lindsay Lala of the Dave and Nemo show weekend show on uh road dog truck and radio on sirius xm channel 146 for having me on on sunday morning Ooh. at 9 30 to 10 we talked grilling and smoking and basically everything that i do wow you're a radio star now too yeah now they show me that joe rogan money and you'll know when they do you because go. you'll never see my fat ass again <laughs> well at least we'll be doing it from texas anyway there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Jimmy and Lindsay. It was great talking to you this weekend. So let's go, Chrissy. Today brought to you by... Today's show brought to you by the number one best tasting shake on the planet. That would be Uncle Steve's Shake. Uncle Steve's Shake is handmade, hand-measured, hand-mixed, and hand-packed. Uncle Steve's Shake is made with the finest of ingredients and comes in 15 amazing flavors, including the three newest additions, the CJ's West Coast Shake, the Texan Texas Cajun, and the newest of the new, the All-American SPG, which is no sugar, no MSG, vegan, and keto-friendly. No matter what you're eating, Uncle Steve has a shake for it. And don't forget my personal favorite, and it's not even a shake, with all its peppery barbecue goodness, the sauce with no name. If you have any questions, Uncle Steve has great customer service to help you with all your shake needs. Go to UncleSteveShake.com to order your shakes today. And also, while you're on the website, you're going to find some fantastic tips and recipes for those shakes. You're going to be amazed at just how versatile Uncle Steve's shakes are. And while you're online, head on over to Facebook and join Uncle Steve's Shake Nation to stay up to date with all the latest creations made using Uncle Steve's Shake, maybe even share some of your own. It's time to step up your backyard barbecue people and your competition barbecue game with Uncle Steve's Shake. Shake some on everything. Today, also brought to you by Two Guys Smoke Shop and TwoGuysCigars.com. Whether I'm barbecuing or not, I always keep the smoke rolling. Thanks to my friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. Today you're smoking Today nothing. I am smoking nothing the guys because the, the guys off. are away. Yeah. They're away at the conference, so we kind of... This was kind of last minute, they didn't but give us whatever. Anything. Not a big know. deal. Thanks to my friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. I get to smoke some of the best cigars in the world, and so can you. Just visit TwoGuysCigars.com for your perfect barbecue companion. That's number two, GuysCigars.com. Today's show also brought to you by Magna Chef Gloves. Whether you're a family grill master or a professional pit master, quality tools are going to make it easier for you to be your best at that grill. Longtime firefighter and founder of Magna Chef, Alan Fonte, knows a thing or two about fire management. He designed the Magna Chef Gloves and the Freedom Barbecue Gloves for you to be able to get in and out of fast. With those magnetic swivel plates, you can easily slip in and out of these gloves. They're going to help keep your hands cool and allow you to cook and grill safely. No more getting stuck in hot gloves. Depending on your glove preference, MagnaChef has two fantastic options for you. The classic MagnaChef barbecue glove, made of food-grade silicon, web-fit for a firmer grip, dishwasher-safe, one-size-fits-all, and heat-rated to 500 degrees Fahrenheit. And they also have the Freedom Barbecue Gloves with your more traditional five-finger flexible and pliable grip, 14-inch long cuff to protect your forearms, made of heat-resistant neoprene, heat-rated to 932 degrees Fahrenheit. These gloves help extend your time over that fire. Both styles of MagnaChef gloves are great for barbecue 
and kitchen use, head on over to magnachef.com today. That's M-A-G-N-E chef.com and order yourself both pairs today. And at the checkout, make sure you use the promo code FREEDOMLIVES for 10% off your order. Magnachef barbecue gloves, master the fire. Freedom barbecue gloves, take a stand, free your hand. Also brought to you by CustomCuttingBoardsRUs.com. Ian Hemming is building what I consider the Yeti of cutting boards. These boards take an absolute beating. Mine are five years old anyway. Still in great shape, pristine. Work every time. From the dishwasher board, which is your standard countertop board, to the absolutely massive 18 by 36 inch brisket board. And for the pizza lovers in all our lives, we got you covered too with the custom cutting boards pizza board for that perfect even slice every time. Deep lip reservoirs catch all that juicy goodness. The rubber grips on the bottom. So even on a wet surface, these boards will not slide on you. No accidental, no more trips to the emergency room because the board slid and you did the old slicer-roo. None of that. Those are gone. Multicolors available. Uh, personal engraving also available. Your, your name, your team name, whatever you want, Ian can take care of it. Check him out at customcuttingboardsrus.com. That's the letter R, us.com. Let's see. Daddy Dutch, what's up? Gray Reiner, Chris Rosinski, Junior, what's happening? Big Rome. See Mac with his 9,000 degrees. I swear to God, brother. If, 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 the, if those lawyers are going to get their hands on you, boy, one, one of these days, Those 9, commercials are hard degrees. to read with you giggling in the background at the Oh, end. I saw it and I just started <laughs> laughing. Matt Pereira, what's up, brother? All right, I am excited for today. Mm-hmm. This has been a long time in the works. He doesn't do a lot of these, so I feel very privileged that he said yes, even though when I did ask, I interrupted his fishing trip in Canada. But he was very gracious with me. And said, yeah, we'll get it done, no problem. So ladies and gentlemen, a man who, in the barbecue world, needs no introduction, but I'm going to try to do this justice. Yeah. 15-time world champion. 27 state championships. Restaurant tour. Competition barbecue. Catering. Podcast host. And... 2023 class of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the GOAT, Mr. Darren Worth. Darren, what's up, brother? Hey, you you got that wrong. 27 championships? 27 state. Oh, 27 state championships? I won 27 state championships in my first six years. Oh, that was with the original team. Oh yeah, this is that was with the smoking clones. Smoking we're, clones. We're, we're sitting, we're sitting hot at a hundred and two now. Hundred and two state championships. Just a little off with that number. Just well, a little. Just off. a tiny okay. bit off. That's okay. That's you want to know the crazy number? I don't with do math. Eighty percent. That's the crazy number. Wow. One out of every three competitions he competes at is either a grand champion or reserve grand champion. Wow. Uh, it's kind of crazy, what? isn't it? No one's listening. What's the secrets? Come on. What's nobody's listening? No one's listening. What it's just Wait, me and you. What are the here? secrets? You know, you, you know, <laughs> the, the less you care about barbecue, right? The less you take it seriously, the lot easier it is to win. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I, I'm telling you, I, I, when we were making cooking 42 contests a year, it just became automatic. So it's it, it's really simple. Don't get sidetracked. Just find something the judges like and just cook it over and over and over again. And when you don't think it's scoring, guess what? Just keep cooking it over and over. Because what I found is over the years, you stray away from, let's say you go two contests in a row, you don't hit in chicken. What do you got to do? You got to change your chicken. No, you don't. You go back. And so you change it and you change one thing. You change, And pretty soon... 10 weeks later, you're clear across the board, nowhere near where you were when it was just the luck of the draw, you were hitting in chicken. So if you find yourself just going back, just go back and just cook the same stuff. Once it hits, just keep cooking the same stuff. And I tell you, 
I'm cooking closer to 2003 recipes now than I am cooking 2023 recipes. Yeah. <clears throat> with what works, you know, to dance with the, dance with the one who brought you, right? Well, it, it, it's just, it, it is crazy. It, I mean, it's, it's totally crazy that I have a theory. Okay. And this, I don't want to make your sponsors mad. Okay. That's we fine. don't want to make, we don't want to make the shape people mad, but, and I, and I've got sponsors too that, um, you know, but when I talk about it, I've switched back. Okay. So to me, the whole, the, the, the Holy Trinity of barbecue rubs was smoking guns, hot Cimarron docks. Okay. That was the Trinity. That's where everything started. Just like in Cajun food, they start with the same thing every single time. And so I kind of switched back to that about five contests ago. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on there and I'm going to use two sauces across the board. Okay. Two rubs, two sauces. And you know what? I have yet to finish out of the top five. Yeah. And so it's just because when all those rubs, every time somebody wants me to taste their new rub, and of course I don't have very good taste buds and I'll be the first to admit, I feel my way through barbecue contest. I don't taste them. Okay. So, so I'm a feeler. If Sherry's not with me to taste something, I just feel my way through it. Right. Cause tenderness to me is everything. But every time I taste barbecue rubs, I go, wow, wow. That tastes like smoking guns, hot and some round dogs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and different variations and mixtures and whatever. And that's just the flavor that judges have loved over the years. Now, maybe not in the Northeast, never really got a chance to compete out there. Um, but I guess we competed in New York city once, but it really wasn't against a bunch of New York teams, but or new Northeast teams, but, um, it just, I fall back to that simplistic is better. Learn how to cook barbecue, learn how to cook it tender and learn how to cook it the same exact way every single time. Mm-hmm. Quit looking for the edge. If you're getting fifth in something, don't try and make it better. Just cook for fifth, right? Because, uh, you know, I'll take, I'll take five or four fifth place finishes every day. I'll take four top tens every day and I will beat you nine times out of 10. Yeah, you know, you get in that ten, that top ten consistently. You know, you, you're going to sneak you sneak yourself into wins. Yeah, you know, because you're, that's you're just in the, the top. luck of the draw. Now, that's you, the luck of the draw. You've been famous as saying, "Give me, give me some salt, pepper, and ketchup, and I'm going to beat you every time on tenderness." I'm going to give me salt, pepper, and ketchup, and I'll beat you in tenderness every time. Yeah, right. And I truly believe that. I mean, and I've I've tested that. I've I've cooked. I put salt and pepper, no injection on a brisket, no sauce, turned it in, got 180s. You know, it, it, it's not that hard. People just make it hard. And I understand it's it's really hard. I see the new cooks and they get caught up in just so many rubs and so many sauces. And they're like, yeah, I put this and this and this. I'm like, well, do you know that this rub is equal to these two rubs? And so you just doubled it up and really you did nothing. So just throw them on a shaker and just just put them on your meat or better yet, just go back to smoking and hot and simmer on docks and just cook it. You got to have a little bit of head country in there somewhere. <laughs> you know, head country years ago um, was, was a thing, uh, you know, and maybe it is today. I love the garlic. Irregu- yeah. and, and when we first started, that was the third one. When you talk about the Trinity head, head country um, original seasoning, that seasoning's changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got to chase um, about two weeks before he had an accident and died. Paul Shotty had got away from head country. His non-compete was over and, and Paul and I were pretty good friends and he had sent me some original su- rub and original sauce. And I tasted them side by side and I ran them in a contest side by side. Oh, crazy, amazing difference. Yeah. And so, but unfortunately lawnmower accident passed away and all of a sudden now it's like i'm not sure if anybody's going to pick that up or pick not it up, yeah uh, you know what like like you were saying it's the consistency don't overthink it don't think it just cook and just cook it. you're going to be fine you know um but real quick how did you get see because this thing there's so we so much stuff to talk with you about but so little time on it so real quick how did you get into the barbecue aspect of it because you were in the trucking business for a while originally 
Yeah, I, I spent 17 years in the logistics business, trucking business. So I started out out of college as an assistant dispatcher. And I became a dispatcher, and I knew a guy that went over, and, and he went to another national transportation management company, and he said, hey, they're interested in starting a logistics business. And I knew the brokerage business. Okay, I knew how it worked, and I was, I, was, I was relatively good at it. And so he says, hey, would you come over and help start this logistics business? So I made the jump over and went over to the logistics business, and I just I started out as a logistics specialist and then a logistics manager, and then I – you know, I spent a little time in operations. I, you know, I was the youngest uh, guy at 27 years old or at 26 years old. I was running a 50 truck union trucking fleet. Oh, wow. And old school Teamsters. Okay. So that's, that's how I cut my thing. And then I moved up through the, and at 27 years old, I was a vice president of operations, you know, and so I spent a lot of time in the trucking industry, um, you know, in the business part of it. And, you know, the, the trucking industry is very much like the barbecue industry. Um, it's never the same day twice, right? You've always got to have a backup plan, you know, so very stressful, as you can imagine, 60 hours a week, I was spent 50% of my time on the road and barbecue was my way away from that. And we, me and my wife in 2002, Went to the American Royal because I had found out about this thing called the Barbecue Forum on the internet. That's mm-hmm. back before Google and Facebook oh, yeah. and, you know, da, 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 da. So we were on the Barbecue Forum, found out about the American Royal. 2002, we went, we fell in love because we were big tailgaters. We were Iowa State fans. We were the first in the parking lot. And so the American Royal was the competitiveness of barbecue, but also the tailgating aspect. And so, uh, of course, as soon as we got home, need a new smoker, need a different motor home. You know, off we go and we're off to the barbecue circuit. And, you know, that's, we really didn't take any classes. We just learned from friends and we yeah. dove in. And our, you know, our first contest, Sedalia, Missouri, in, in 2003, um, it rained all night long. I'm in an easy up tent with a brand new smoker. Easy up tent, my wife and her, the neighbors, because you have to bring everybody, right? They're in a, in a, in a uh, pop-up, pop-up camper and, it starts raining and it rains and it rains and four inches of rain overnight. And then it hails. And then at six o'clock in the morning, an 85 mile an hour downburst came through the contest site. Straight line winds melted my easy up tents to the smoker. It, it just, my rubs and sauces were on tables in the mud. And I'm like, I am done. And my wife says, you bought all this shit. <laughs> you bought all this shit. You're finishing. So we finished that day knee deep in mud off the back of a suburban doing turn in boxes. And we go to awards and we got two top 10 awards and the rest is history. My wife is sitting across from me and she's laughing her ass off. Sound familiar? (laughs) Because we actually ran into that same thing. My very first KCBS competition, we got set up and all of a sudden the storms rolled in. I'm in the middle of, I'm in the middle of the two pop-ups holding on for dear life because the ones across from the field from us are shooting five sights over, <laughs> and I'm just I'm tying, it to, tying them down to the smoker, tying them to the back of the truck, just soaking wet. There's mud and wet, wet everywhere. But, yeah, that Friday, we still had to cook Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> you know, and I loved yeah. every minute of it. I love every minute. I, yeah. I have, I'm not – we do a lot less of it now. You know, we're probably only cooked. 16, 17, 18. I don't know. I make up my schedule. I'm still trying to, I figured out what I'm doing this weekend, but then I'll probably take two weeks off and go somewhere else and take another two or three weeks off. Cause you know, you add in fishing trips every once in a while and two grandkids and a house in Florida. And you know, there just doesn't seem to be enough time. And Oh, by the way, all the restaurants and catering and everything else we're doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got, you got your hands full. You got the, for sure. Kyle, what's up? Heidi, how are you darling? Can't wait to see you in August. Billy Gillespie, smoking hogs. What's happening, brother? Billy, I was just thinking about Billy Gillespie when you were doing your intro. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because, you know, I mean, Billy Billy from Boston. Yep, for sure. Love him to Beth. Billy, we were just talking about you uh, in Florida. Sherry and I were sitting around the pool the other day going, who should we have come to Florida with us? I was like, we got to get Billy. We got to (laughs) get Billy to Florida. Oh, he'll go. He'll go. Billy's a great guy. Billy's a great guy. Robert. What's happening? So, Daddy Dutch, Kent Vanderweerd, 
from Lamaze, Iowa. He has one question he makes. he's making sure I ask. So let's just get this one. Are you cooking in the KCBS at Worthington next week? I am not. There you go, Dutch. So you can so move up weekend, one spot. Uh, so my good friend Tim Shop up in Wisconsin called me at the end of, at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, and said, "Hey, we got a first year contest in Oshkosh. He lives right there. He says, "Would you sign up for it?" And I didn't even look at the schedule at all. And I said, "You know what? Nope, I'm not. I'm going to go cook in Oshkosh." And the organizer there is amazing. I've cooked Worthington the last few years. Um, great contest and everything. It's just there's a new contest. We're going to give a try at a big event center and Wisconsin's always a lot cooler in the summertime than Minnesota is. And definitely Iowa. Oh, perfect. Beautiful. So the American Royal. So the world series of barbecue, the world's largest barbecue competition upwards. Nowadays it's upwards of over 700 teams. They've moved it from the, the horse arena originally to now it's at the Kansas Motor Speedway, just to fit everybody. You've won that three times, which is absolutely amazing. But when I was doing a lot of research, the very first one you won was real interesting because I'm literally going to twist two stories into that one win. Can you tell me about a man by the name of Guido? (laughs) <laughs> yep a man named guido a guy that guy that you know actually a friend that changed my life yeah right so guido he's talking about guy fietti and so guy fietti we used to cook at the american royal um back you know this was that was in 2013 so you know 2010 2011 12 Guido to us, Guy Fietti to the world, um, he was part of the Motley Q crew. And they just happened to set up next to us at the American Royal. Yeah. So we knew him before he was a Food Network star. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Pictures, this, this I, is... I've got pictures the Food Network probably doesn't want to see. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun and we got to know each other and, and we just we just had a lot of fun. And I'm still great friends with that entire barbecue um, team all around the country. There's just a bunch of them and they don't compete much anymore, a little bit. Um, but so that year, um, I get the call about from citizens pictures about filming diners, drive-ins and dives. And it's an intense interview process. I mean, it's crazy. You got to have, you know, 80% of your stuff in your restaurant has to be made from scratch and they verify that and you go, they go through every single recipe and everything processed and then they give it to a guy and he has to pick what he wants to feature on the show and then they come in and they film the show well they're filming the show the week of the American Royal yeah and i'm like how's this work and they wanted to film for 3 days uh wednesday thursday friday and so i'm like okay if there's any way we can knock this out let's 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 knock this out as quick as we can so we started filming on Tuesday. I took my equipment down to the American Royal and turned around and came back. And we filmed Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning. And then after Friday morning, went back to the Royal, prepped my meat, and off we went. And then we ended up winning the American Royal for the first time that Sunday. So, I mean, it was just crazy whirlwind events. But I find that that instance where I'm under a lot of, I don't want to call it stress because I, I don't really have any stress in my life. But it, when I'm under that kind of pressure, I do my best. Yeah. And in, and in that, that, that's the definition of what we talked about earlier of don't think. Just don't cook. Think. Because that week you had so much going on between the restaurant, guy there. Now, at this point, guy is officially guy. You know, he, right. he was Guy Fieri before, but now he's... Yeah. Food Network superstar Guy Fieri. And you're doing all that stuff and making sure everything goes smooth on that. And in the back of your mind goes, shit, I still got to get down to Kansas because I got I got the, the World Series to run, cook. Well, and one thing, one step most people don't know, but if you look back, I think in 2006, which would have been our first American Royal was 2003. I got, I got a perfect 180 in ribs. And got third cooking on 
ribs I'd never cooked on a brand new Traeger smoker. Okay. First time ever. Rod Gray from Pellet Envy back then, who's the KCBS CEO, brought me ribs from Premium Standard Farms. I had a brand new Traeger cooked on them and just turned them in. And here we're on stage. I mean, we tie. Well, then in 2006, I'm, and I'm, I'm still new to this, right? We get reserve grand champion at the American Royal Invitational, and we lost to Mike Davis from Laudable by four ten thousandth of a point. Oh, yeah, it's that. Now, I look back close. at that and I'm like, wow. And Mike always, we still joke. I'm like, hey, you still owe me one. I'm going, no, nah, you just owe me point zero 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 four. Oh, that's awesome. American Royal has always been our. It, it, it's been, I just love the American Royal. It's, it's my favorite contest. Of course, even without winning it, it's still my favorite contest of the year. I just love it. The biggest family reunion barbecue. Oh yeah. It, it, it it's all, it's on my bucket list for sure. Within the next couple of years to get down there and do that. Oh, speaking of the American Royal, there's JB, Mr. Jonathan Barton from Barton's barbecue had a nice eighth place rib call, uh, two years ago at the Royal. So nothing like being on the stage. Oh yeah. I can just, especially down there. Now, have you given any thought on this year's Royal? You're going down to cook. Well, I'm going down to cook. And that's where, you know, this whole Hall of Fame thing. And it was like, I just, I was telling my wife, I said, I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame while I'm an active cook. Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's it's an honor or whatever. I said, I know, but I don't want it to screw up my royal. I don't want it to overshadow really what I'm there to do. Yeah. I'm not there to win the American. I'm not there to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm there to win the American Royal. That's my focus. And I'm and I'm scared a little bit that it's going to take that focus away. But now I've kind of, you know, relaxed a bit and said, okay, let's just enjoy and have a good time. Let's have a big old tenderloin feed on Friday which I need to get the invite out to, to everybody, but, and, and just get that done, but we're looking forward to it. I'm hopefully we can put a fourth victory up. That would be crazy. Yeah, that would be nuts. But speaking of the tenderloin feed, how did that start? Because it's a must. It's, is it Thursday? It's Friday. Friday morning? So, yeah. So Friday at noon. So it started 10, I think this is our 10th year. And so about 10 years ago, we sold fried pork tenderloins in our restaurant, okay? And we we sell a lot. I mean, we sell 400 of these things a week, and it's just breaded pork loins. And people from around the country that don't get them said, hey, why don't you, you know, some friends said, hey, why don't you bring these and cook some? And I said, well, find me a fryer. I'll go to the store and get you some tenderloins, and we'll bread them up and cook them. So we did that, and we did a, we cooked about 10 tenderloins, and then the next year it kind of caught on, and we say, oh, and then we did 25 and whatever. Well, last year we did 350. And so we we just, and it's all free. Okay. So me and my wife, we provide, you know, this year we're going to do 400 tenderloins, I think. So we bring, I have somebody come down from the restaurant bringing raw meat. That's We, we actually cut them and tenderize them in the restaurant just because it's a lot easier. But then I get like Donnie Teal and Rod Gray and <laughs> T-Bone and Justin from Lucky Q. Those guys all bread everything up. They've been doing it for years. They bread everything up. We bring portable fryers down. They fry it up. We do that. We have our signature mac and cheese from the restaurant. We bring like, I don't know, 15 or 20 gallons of that down. We got um, Shiggin from Shiggin and Grinnin. They have the Shiggin egg rolls. Um, We were just at Teddy Camp, which is a a nice little getaway for barbecue guys. Um, Last week, we just rolled 32 dozen egg rolls that his, his mother-in-law makes amazing egg rolls. Um, she's Laotian or something like that. And she, she supervises us on, on these egg rolls. So we did that. We used to have Rick Meese used to make, uh, homemade onion rings, but now he's got a restaurant. So he's a little busy. T-Mac usually out of Wisconsin brings fresh cheese curds. They get breaded and fried up. So it's just this huge, greasy Friday, bury the hangover from Thursday meal that people line up and stand in line for an hour, hour and a half. And, you know, in an hour and a half, we'll go through them 400 tenderloins and and we cut a lot of them in half. We probably serve six or 700 people, but it's all free. It's just our kind of fun thing to give back. And it's always been a, a tradition. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Um, well, you said a magic word in there that, you know, we have all learned over the years that is the word shigan. Shigan. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you actually coined the phrase. Yeah, so so it came out of my buddy, and on our podcast, we just recorded that. You know, it just dropped yesterday, I think. Um, we were talking about, so this was early on. We were down in Madison, Indiana. It was like 2004, 2005, maybe, even 2006. There was a team called Shigs and Pit, and they own their very successful restaurateurs uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Well, so it was three guys, you know, Todd, Jeff, and, and Stefan. We used to call him Fabio. Well, anyway, because he had long hair, and we cut that off one year. But <laughs> anyway, he uh, it, it, we, we went to this barbecue contest. Well, Stefan made his way into Randy's barbecue trailer, and he Randy used to hide all his rubs underneath the dinette in his camper. And so – Stefan comes up and holds up a bottle of Grandma's Foster's barbecue sauce and say, Randy, where'd this come from? Why do you got a case of this? And Randy said, you damn sugar. And so we're like, okay, now there's a coin. So then I went and had these big 32-ounce cups made about the definition of shigging, you know, <laughs> of, you know, and it became a thing in the barbecue circuit. It yeah. was like, hey, I'm trying to find out a secret for somebody else, whether I'm spying on whatever. It's Shigan, and then Shigan was born. And most people don't know that story of where Shigan came from. You know, kind of like the 922 shot, right? Yeah. So I'll take claim to starting the 922 shot. And people okay, like, I didn't know this one. Yeah, so the 922 shot, because I've been around a long time, you know, when you do it 20 years. But back in the olden days, Phil, Phil Hopkins and, and, you know, Phil and Rosemary Morrow and all them, they used to have an 11 o'clock shot. You know, a lucky shot of Jack Daniels. Well, 11 o'clock was getting pretty close to where you got to deal with chicken and stuff like that. So us young guys said, you know, we better have an 8 o'clock shot in the morning to get ready for the 11 o'clock shot. So then we started doing two shots. And we're like, okay, people were busy at 8, putting their things on. We got to find a time. And I said, well, uh, it's easy. And I said, what? And I said, we got to do 922. And they said, why 922? And I said, everybody cooks on the 15 minutes, so you put your ribs on at 8, you're at 9.45, you know, every yeah. 15 minutes. Nobody's doing nothing at 9.22. Yeah. Right? Nobody's doing nothing at 9.22, and the 9.22 shot was born. Damn. Because that's that's one of my favorite pots. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people took it, and they started doing the 9.11 shot as a tribute after 9, you know, 9.11 yeah. and whatever. But the 9.22 was the original. The original shot was an 11 o'clock shot. Which turned into an eight o'clock and eleven o'clock, which in turned into a nine twenty-two shot. Yeah. So this past February, I finally was able to experience the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Ooh. Yeah. Most amazing show on earth. Oh, it is wild. It is it, it's a whole as far as barbecue competitions go, it's a whole different animal. It really is. Oh, God, yes. So you've won. Okay, it's better off to ask this. What haven't you won? Well, we (laughs) we haven't won Memphis in May, and we went and competed once in ribs thinking, you know what, ribs haven't won here in 17 years. By God, we've won every world championship. We've won a world championship. You know, we got two world championships at the Royal and ribs. I've got at the Jack, we've won ribs. Um, and I'm like, I, and in Houston, we won ribs and I'm like, I'm going to win ribs at Memphis in May. And that's just going to be the Holy grail. Right. Well, I found out that's a whole different world. And after being in Memphis and uh, that's a whole nother game that I'm not even interested in. Yeah. You know, I mean, just that's a one and done, but Houston, the first year we went to Houston, I think was, would have been 2014, maybe, um, we went to Houston and I'm trying to think of what year we won it. But anyway, the first time we ever went, I, I didn't have any clue what I was doing. But these Texas cook, you know, um, some of them very famous now, helped me in, you know, and and helped me, hey, do this and do this and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to run my normal KCBS flavors. But they taught me how to cook a half chicken. Yeah. Right? Well, the first year, I ended up getting second in chicken and reserve grand the first time I was ever there. And on that stage, I'm like, now nah, I'm addicted. Well, of course – 
you get invited every time I won the Royal. Yeah. I got invited back to Houston. And when I won the Jack, I got invited back to Houston. So we've been there like five times and we won it. I don't even know when we, I think we won it in 2017. I don't know. I got a trophy around here somewhere, but yeah. 2017, um, where we won it. And, and that was first in ribs. And that was just the most amazing. I mean, when you, it's different standing up at the American Royal and winning, you stand at Houston in front of 50,000 people. And oh, had yeah. your name called and a boy from Iowa. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was absolutely insane because like you said, it's a different animal because you can't just sign up for that. They, I I explain it to people. It's like the stories you've heard over the years of the Green Bay Packers season tickets. Yeah, exactly. They get willed down. So the spots in areas and tents are literally willed down generation to generation. You can't just sign up and go and cook it. You need to either, like you said, win the Royal, win the Jack, win San Antonio, and you get your invite in. You know, Or you go and cook for a specific team, which a lot of the boys do. But so I experienced that firsthand this year, and it was, it was wild. It was wild, and I got a whole new plan, Chrissy, for this coming February. We're going to get a ton of content in on that Thursday. Then we're going to run wild the rest of the weekend. My, my plan is to win the Royal or the Jack, and I'll see you there. Sounds like a plan, my friend, for <laughs> sure. Now, you know, back to Memphis in May real quick. That's kind of a whole different animal on its own, too, because it's run by the, the, the NBN, NBN rules. So you have your blind box, then you have your live judging. Then if you make finals, you have the live judging. It's all presentation-based. But the thing I've heard is it's all of what we do is expensive, hands down. Oh. But Memphis in May especially is extremely expensive just the cost of everything they have people with with their t with their sites are three-story buildings with yeah, a potty on each I, floor. I went in minimal i went in minimal and, and i did have a 20 by 40 spot and i put up a 20 by 30 tent with a floor bought the carpet because if i was going to do it i was going to do it right and so we we took all our world championship trophies and put them up on pedestals. And we left an empty pedestal right there. And they said, what's that empty pedestal? And I said, that's for my Memphis and May world championship. Don't you think it will, you know, that was a whole part of the story, but you know, it, it, it's very, I, it's not a political game. Cause you still got a, you still got a blind box at 60% of the score. So you still got to hit the blind box, but when it comes to finals, you know, what soured me a little bit on Memphis and May was I was sitting next to Pete Cookston, which is Melissa's yes, husband. Yep. And and we're sitting there and, and we didn't make finals. And I'm sitting next to him on a park bench and he goes, Well, looks like either Chris or Tuffy's winning. And I said, What do you mean? And so he 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 saw the finals judges come by. He said, Well, you see that guy over there? Yeah. He says, He's gonna vote ribs no matter what. And then see this gal? Yep, she's going to vote whole hog. Guarantee she's going whole hog. And then she said, this person's going to be shoulder, and this person, they're going to vote rib or whole hog unless there's a celebrity in shoulder, and then she's going to pick shoulder. And done. That's just exactly what happened. And so I'm like, wow. And this was before finals judging started. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, it just, it really kind of spoiled me whether Pete was just good at picking, but it, it just kind of spoiled me on the whole thing. Cause I, I'm kind of more of a blind guy, Yeah, you know, it, you know, I want to cook my cook. It's like going to Houston. I get offered to cook Houston every year. I'm not going to Houston unless I'm sitting up on champions corner. Cause I want my name to be on it. And I want to be on stage. There you go. JB. I can answer this question. No, he does not. But we'll ask. Darren, do you offer KCBS uh, cooking classes? No, my wife says I have no class. <laughs> okay, so, so people have asked me that for the years and years and years. And I'm telling you, I could probably retire on the money I could make cooking classes. But my mentality with classes is, and there's a lot of classes out there. When we first started out, we I've only ever taken two classes it, it, the whole time I've been in barbecue. I took 
Ray Lampy mm-hmm. gave a class back in 2003 in Effingham, Illinois. It was famous. And, and really, he taught us how to cook a money muscle. And the money muscle, nobody even knew what that was back then. Rod Gray taught us how to make a parsley box. There was only three teams in the country that knew how to make a parsley box. Johnny Trigg, Mike Davis from Laudable, and Rod Gray. Mm-hmm. And we were the fourth. And I'm telling you, that was a game changer. We kept that secret for years because that was a lot of our success, but then it catches on. But most classes, did everybody learn that from scratch? No. And we went to Johnny Trigg and and Rod Gray's class. I didn't take any notes. I really didn't pay attention. We got invited to it for free. You know, Rod, we had helped him out and, and my business partner and helped me. He goes, Hey, why don't you guys come over to Shannon, Illinois and go to this class? I'm like, okay, well, I just want to taste Johnny's ribs. That's all I want to do. Um, so we kind of screwed around at the back of the class, never learned a thing. Um, never took a note. Um, but most classes are just somebody else's thing retaught. Yeah. Right. And, and just because if I were to put on a class and you say, how do I cook ribs? And I'll say, depends. What do you mean? Depends. I mean, I, right now I teach you how to do smoking guns, hot and simmer on docks. And, you know, two years ago, I would have taught you jalapeno salt with sweet money. And then three years ago, I would have taught you this and this and this. Cause you know what? It doesn't matter. People get so tied up in all the rubs and all the sauces and the combinations and everything. It really just learn how to cook barbecue. Don't offend anybody. Okay. Don't, don't put any flavor at all. That's going to offend anybody. Um, make it familiar and cook it nice and tender, which is going to raise your taste score. Cause if it's cooked, right, it's going to raise your taste score. So we've just never had any, desire. I really don't have the time. I just, I just, it's just not one of my things. I I told my wife a few years ago, I said, everybody asks for classes. You know what? I'm going to do a class. I'm going to do 10 people, 25,000 a class, and I'll never teach an, I'll sign a thing that I'll never teach another class again. And I'll just take my 250,000 and run. And I think I could probably sell it out. I'd imagine so. I think so. It's just one of those, and it's it's helpful for new teams. I understand. It, it's a you know how we learned. We spent three or four years peeking over and shigging over people and having people teaching us and and cooking every single day. Now, I mean, you can go take a class and you can win next week. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm not a big class guy either. So, but Sherry says I have no class, so that's it. <laughs> so to get into the podcast so cue the mic podcast you're on your 12th episode this week dropped you know how did that come about and you know obviously you got so much going on you know you're gonna throw throw up the podcast in the mix yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of jealous by the way of that studio thing you got there (laughs) i mean i'm sitting in my my social media gal's office Cause I don't have an office. Normally I film it wherever I'm at, whether it's at home or at the warehouse or whatever. And the grandkids were coming over. I'm like, okay, I'll escape. I'll go shoot it at Emma's desk, you know, but I get jealous. I probably ought to jazz it up a back a little bit back here, but it started as we're going to start a YouTube channel and we're going to start. Cause my, my social media gal, digital marketing manager, Emma said, you know, I need content. I need content. We need to start a YouTube channel. I said, okay, fine. We'll buy it. We'll get a YouTube channel. So we bought a fancy camera and lighting system and all this stuff. We're going to do a YouTube channel. And after about three months, she goes, are we ever going to do this? And I said, I ain't got time. And so she's like, we need to do something. She goes, what about a podcast? And I said, I don't know. I've never listened to a podcast in my life. You know, I don't know what this is about. And she goes, well, this, and she goes, but you can do it anywhere. And I said, you mean I can, I can do it anywhere? She goes, yeah, we can do it anywhere. All we got to do is hook up the computer. Let's just talk. I said, well, I'm willing to give this a try. And But then when we got into it, it was very important to me to be organic. Okay, I didn't want to have anything scripted. I really didn't want to have a lot of guests, even though I think we're going to have a lot of fun having guests. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to teach people about the barbecue business and people that were in competition barbecue that maybe wanted to cater, maybe had thoughts of a food truck. I either wanted to talk them into it or talk them out of it. And just the cold, hard truth about the financials and the and the pitfalls and everything associated with it, everything that I've learned from the barbecue business and everything that, like a guy like Phil Hopkins, he taught me a lot about the restaurant business. 
He was my catalyst into competition barbecue and the restaurant business. And, you know, every day, I, I thank him every day just because, you know, we've, we've kind of created this empire now, but, and, you know, I try and teach about, so people understand what they're getting into because just because you can cook good barbecue or just because you can cook good, anything doesn't make you a good restaurateur. I'm not a restaurateur. I've been doing it for 20 years. I am not a restaurateur. Well, I haven't been doing it for 20 years. I guess I've only been doing it for 17 years, but I, I don't consider myself a restaurateur, but I do consider myself a very good business guy. Yeah. And that's what's the key is understanding business and profit and where costs are associated with and how to measure stuff. That's going to make you successful. Your barbecue is not. Beautiful. Yeah, it's it, it it's a great podcast and I'm I've been enjoying it. So I know you joked yesterday, you know, we we got we got we got two subscribers. Well, I'm one of them. Yeah. So, oh, so we got to okay. figure out was, who the other guy is. I thought it is. was my mom and Emma's. <laughs> but Darren, we we we're, we're coming close to the end here, but I do have one last question for you. As far as the turn turn in boxes go, you know, obviously we take it very serious. We want it to look as perfect as we can. I kind of like a little off could make it look real. You um not not necessarily so polished, but like with pork, we're all cooking the money muscles now. Right. You know, we'll, we'll we'll pull the fat back. We'll get some some of the strips of the bacon off and and throw that in and configure our boxes. What made you at one in particular contest go the hell with it? I'm turning in pork steaks. <laughs> I love pork steaks. <laughs> I love if you're if you're from say I mean I love Randy Twyford who I just had yeah. on my podcast. We didn't even talk about pork steaks. That's crazy. And we were together for a week and we never even cooked pork steaks. But he taught me the love of pork steaks, and I just absolutely love pork steaks. And I'm thinking about this, trying to think outside the box. Okay, so it started the World Food Championship back in I don't know 2013, 14. I don't know. We were in Orange Beach, Alabama, and so you. You cook in an IBCA contest one day and a KCBS the next contest, and the top five from each contest got to go to the, the the final championship in barbecue. And so I'm sitting around going, I'm cooking pork steaks, and they're like Ernest Cervantes and yeah. and all that, you know, of burnt bean. They're going, you're doing what? And I said, well, can I do that? And they said, well, I, I don't know why you couldn't do that as long as you turn in the same type pieces. So I turned them in, right? And they were really good. They were super good. Matter of fact, I didn't even have any along, but Tim Shear didn't make the finals that year. And he had these, he had these butts that were small. I'm like, I'm cutting those into pork steaks. And he's like, really? I said, yeah, give them to me, whatever. So I borrowed them and we turned them in and we got fifth in the IBCA. <laughs> we got fifth in pork, ended up moving on to the world championship finals in barbecue all because of pork steaks. Well, then fast forward Two years ago, I'm with Luke Darnell, and we're cooking yeah. under Teddy Camp Barbecue down in Florida. I said, Luke, let's do – I think I got it figured out. Let's do pork steaks. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to cook these these um, uh, collars. Okay, I just took a button, trimmed it as a collar. I'm going to cook that on Friday, and I'm going to put it in the cooler. I'm cooling it down, and then I'm going to slice it really thick. And then I'm going to Saturday morning, about an hour before pork turning, I'm going to wrap it in foil, put a little – apple juice on it, put it back on the pit. I'm going to have a screaming hot grill over here. And so when I get ready for pork tendon, I'm going to go over and I'm just going to grill them off and sauce them off. And, and, and we did it and we pulled it off and we're sitting at Tim Malloy from uh, the, bar, the backyard bros trailer after that turn in and the judges start coming around and here comes this judge and goes, you are not going to believe this. And I said, what? He goes, somebody turned in pork steaks. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Who would do that? He's like, and they were the best thing I'd ever tasted in a barbecue contest. I wish people would venture out and do that stuff. And, and tell, we got a 180 in pork that day <laughs> and one pork steaks. And then I started to run it. I'm like, I can run this. I can run it. It never wanted to score. score yeah. It never wanted to score. And I, you know what? I might cook pork steaks this weekend. Screw it. But it is so good. It is so good. The char. And it's just so much different than anybody else is turning in. Yeah. And it's just amazing. It's just, it, I think, I wish there was more creativity. I'm sick of puff pillows, of chicken. I don't, I don't turn in, I try and be a little messy. 
I kind of almost feel like I should shake my box when it goes in. I mean, last last contest I cooked in State Center, I opened up my chicken and I only cooked I only had nine pieces of chicken because that's all I, I just came in from Canada that night. Um, and, and I hurry prepped up my chicken and I took my chicken out of the pan. I, I took the cover off of it and five of my nine were just blown out. I'd never had that happen on my chicken, five of the nine skins. And I looked at Sherry, I'm going, Oh crap. What do we do down? She goes, make it look like backyard. It It's going to score anyway. I'm like, okay. So I just turned in blown out chicken skins, just blown out. You would not believe they were sticking up a half inch and turn them in, got third place in chicken, ended up winning grand champion. <laughs> so I, I think that's the answer. I think the answer is make your food kind of look crappy, but make it taste really good. Yeah. Blow them away, you know, because the the appearance is the least of the yeah, level on the point. score. Yeah. That's a half point. And I think also sometimes judges see new, they see, oh, that's a professional guy. He doesn't deserve yeah. to win. So now I'm like, okay, I'll shake this damn box up. I'll make it look like a, I'll look like it look like a train wreck, but I'm gonna make it taste really good. good. Yeah, I'll take se- seven nine nines and beat you every single day. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, Darren. Thank you so much for joining us and t- taking the time. I really appreciate it. This was really hey, an thanks, honor. Thanks for that. having me. You're right. I haven't ever done a lot of these, but I kind of keep saying, oh, yeah, you know, trying to promote the podcast, and I just. I just really love to talk barbecue. Oh. I mean, I love, we've had a, a great run. If we never, Tuffy Stone told me once, he says, Darren, if you and I never, ever win another contest in our life, we've won our fair share. Absolutely. So where can everyone find you on social media, all the accounts? Well, I mean, you got Smokey D's BBQ, I think, uh, on Instagram, where Smokey D's BBQ.515. Uh, personally, I'm out on Instagram and what's that new one I'm on? Uh, um, oh, threads thre- yeah. threads <laughs> but I'm, I'm under the goat of bbq out there you can find me there um i probably got 10 followers um just like my podcast but that's okay i try and put funny shit out there and and just have a good time with it all beautiful darren thank you so much brother hang on one second i'll close this out i'll jump right back in with you real quick okay sounds good oh chrissy unbelievable wow the goat Right there. I didn't even ask him that question. Which one? What he thought about, you know, the goat, whole goat thing. Oh. But he's, I'm I'm pretty sure he's humble enough that he kind of goes, eh, you want to use it, use it. Shake your your head if you you agree. There we go. He agrees. He shook his head. For those listening, he shook his head. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, that's it for this week, folks. I'd like to thank you for joining us. Catch the audio wherever podcasts are found. Catch the video on Facebook and YouTube. On YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. You have all the episodes right at your fingertips. Social media, find all the links down below. Questions or comments, please send them to pitlifebbqpodcast at gmail.com. Like always, subscribe, like, rate, and review. Hit that share button. Next week, my brother Michael Goff from King Louis Meat Apostles is returning to the show. He's got a ton of stuff to talk to. New stuff, new products out, and he's doing a ton of stuff with the uh, with the high uh, high school barbecue leagues. And uh, he, I think he had a uh, a team in the state championship a few weeks back. So it'll be great catching up with Mike. But until next week, keep the smoke rolling. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.